what a beautiful sport it is. Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 12 of series two of the Shooting Zars podcast, where we discuss the Premier League, Bryce Conway and Alex Grant with me, Stuart Marshall. Boys, we were in a TV studio last week, or just before I say that, you know, like, subscribe us, do all that sort of thing, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, we are on all of that. Thank you for tuning in, but boys, we were in a TV studio last week. Give us your thoughts. Pressure was uh, pressure was on. I think the lights contributed to an absolute pull on the back of my shirt. I was sweating bullets. Don't know about you, Granty. So for the listeners who didn't listen to last week's episode, we did it in a TV set, um, and Alex had sweat dripping off his head. <laughs> I believe that was you. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was all of us. I think the most interesting part was them claiming your barnet wasn't in order. Yeah, that that hurt. That oh. That <laughs> <laughs> Even you say it now, just the anguish on your face. Yeah, yeah. It, hurt, it hurt. That was real. It cut deep, not yep. going to lie. We were sitting on set. For the listeners, we were sitting on set and the people in the control room over the PA system, you know, Alex had his hair did. You know, <laughs> Done. No, hair did. Did, did it. Um, yeah, and anyway, they yelled out and said he should put a comb through it. Bit of a rip on him, but anyway. Unbelievable. Apparently, it was just banter. It was only no. banter, but you know. <laughs> uh, no, it wasn't. No. Lots to come up on this show. Seriously. Lots to come up on this episode. We're just going to have a chat today, aren't we? I think it's oh, funny. Yeah, think I've so. had a trim since then. Which yeah. is like, it's oh, gone it's really short now. <laughs> no no comb issues it. now. It's under control. There was an underlying issue there, wasn't oh, there? Yeah. It really did touch a hit and a <laughs> Massive weekend of Premier League action. Chelsea versus United. Best game of the season. I'm calling it right there. Instant we're gonna, classic. We're going to get to it. Arsenal are turning it on. Liverpool, Mohamed Salah scored. Newcastle are still the worst team in the league <laughs> and a rock bottom. Um... Where do we start? We'll probably start at Chelsea and Liverpool, Bryce. Chelsea United. Chelsea and United, sorry. I'm thinking about Liverpool. Um, I'm sure Gra- Bryce is as well. I'm sure he is. Grant, <laughs> Grant <laughs> you, you and I watched it together. We did. What was your initial reaction? There was a lot, from, of mo- from a lot of emotion running through my house that night, wasn't there? There was, yeah, yeah. I can just imagine. My house as well. The windows were steaming. <laughs> 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 what do you think? No, it was fantastic. Um it was a it was a spectacle. It felt it felt like a big game, even though Man United haven't been obviously playing well this season. And um look they they sat off invited pressure in the first half against a good Chelsea team who've obviously not been not been defeated yet in the league so far. Um and then second half was a completely different story and Man United came all guns blazing and and attacked with real intent and I think it it showed us again that Man United have the potential if they put all th- all the pieces together, um, and that jigsaw can look look really good. But you know that you could just tell as soon as that six as soon as that six minute came up for added time, you just had that feeling, didn't you, that Chelsea were going to get something out of it and putting Ross Barkley next one in the last minute. Yeah, it's just I think the most pleasing thing from a neutral point of view is that it had that aura and feel about it like it used to in the earlier this decade when you got the Drogba's and Rooney's pitted up against each other, Gary Neville's, John Terry. It just yeah. really had that feel about it again. And I think that's welcoming to every football fan, really. But it's for me, it was an instant classic. And I think it was good to see Martial kind of science a few of his critics again. I think this season he's been one of those players that's copped a bit from Mourinho. Um, he, he's one of those players who's copped a bit since he's moved to England because he can't, for whatever reason, just can't break into the team. And start every week, and he's had his publicly. He's been publicised that he's had troubles with the manager and this and that. But he can show that he's he's world class on his day. Um, well, it's not too long ago he was the next big thing ahead of that's right a certain Kylian Mbappe, but he seems to have stagnated. I remember when he signed for United, he was touted as the next 
I'm like one of the next potentials to win the Ballon d'Or. Well, he, yeah, he, he was, was on the level of him that started. He's a fifty million pound player. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Monica, so he's not. Yeah. He wasn't. He wasn't cheap. I find it interesting with Martial. Obviously, he's, you know, the I the amount of goals he still scored. He's been in and out of the team for what three years now. But the amount of goals that he still scored at United for a bloke that doesn't really, or hasn't really been playing as much as he should have. Um, he's played 146 and scored 40 all up. Which I think isn't bad for a player. I mean, it's not a goal a game. But it's, it's I, a good return for a winger. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Good return for a winger, especially the amount of games he would have started on the bench and not even featured. I still think he's yeah. producing. And, and he does. Then, and then he's popped yeah. up and scores two on the weekend. And then you compare that to someone like Eric Lamella, who was about £30 million for Spurs. He's made 113 appearances and scored, like I think, a dozen. Yeah. And it's just... It's just I mean, when you compare those two, it's kind of like, oh, right, is it just the expectation that's kind of painting this negative picture of Martial? But that second one especially, what a finish. Like, his touch, he got, got a bit away from but actually you know, played into his favour and got away from the defender and opened up the space, but some finished that. But what about the build-up? The build-up was so good for it. The oh, United, Matt, United Matter on the wing, ball. beating Louise to the ball. Yeah. It was fantastic. It was then Rashford passing it out wide. It was it was great to watch. And why, did, why did Man U... Alex, sorry to cut you off there. Why did Man U... Um, take so long to get into games it seems they did it the other, they did it last night against Juventus we're recording this on a Wednesday Champions League was last night and Juventus battered them in the first half and Chelsea battered them in the first half in the Premier League on the weekend um, you know what I can't really put my finger on it but from experiencing similar scenarios playing in my career it's generally um, poor, pepper, poor preparation and the fact that United haven't prepared well and they're not ready and they're not playing. Do you know what I mean? The build up to tactic, the game. Yeah, tactics the, the lead up to the game. I think, yeah, they, they kind of, they're waiting for Chelsea to do something rather than they've got a game plan and they're going, they're going to play their style of football. Do you understand? And I just feel that that could be the that could be the cause for issue at the Is moment. Is that a confidence thing? Do you think that I they're think not that doing it, that? Yeah, ultimately it, it comes down to confidence as well because if you don't really know what you're doing when you go out there, um I'm sure look Mourinho does he's a he's a top manager, world class, won league titles throughout Champions Europe, League. You know, Champions yep. League. So I'm not saying that he he's gone there with no tactics whatsoever, but the plays just they're not clicking and the way he wants to play obviously just isn't working. Well, they're not clicking 100% of the time. Well, that's what I'm saying. So is he then go, having a go in at half time every week? Like how long is this going to continue where he's got to go in at half time and say, well, change this, change that or say something to to re-motivate or, you know, get him going again? It's just not sustainable, is it? No. And and that's that's the issue and, and that's a worry for Man United fans, I think, the fact that they're not starting the game the way they should be starting. They're coming out in the second half and having to react to a poor performance in the first half that they put in. Yeah. Nah, and I guess it's epitomised with Pogba who turns it on in the second half Yeah, and makes... I, sometimes when he plays like that, I can't believe how good he is. Yeah, and then He is so good when he plays like that. In the second half against Chelsea, he was beating players and turning away from players with his first touch like no other player I've seen play that way. He's I, just got such power. I, f- I felt quite sorry for him on the first half and the goal especially. I highlighted it to you straight, away. You straight away. That It's funny, we, we did um, set pieces on Saturday um, with Perth Glory um, and a similar similar scenario came up on defensive corners where um, 
so in the modern game now, there tends to be a lot of blocking going on in the penalty box, and you can draw fouls. You know, you can get a run, you can get a, you know, tug of the shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but you can get you can get it one or two, two yards away from your your marker quickly. Um, if someone's blocked, you know, you've you've got that edge. Um, and I I said that Lindelof, if you watch it back, the goal Lindelof stays with his man, and Pogba gets blocked by David Luiz, when really Luiz. Um, sorry, Lindelof should have taken Rudiger. Should have just swapped. Rudiger. Yeah. yeah, and you could see Pogba just was so angry because oh, he was spoke back and he down, gave yeah. him the eyes before the ball was played in and told Lindelof. You could clearly see it on the replay that he that he told him, and Pogba got a lot of the blame. But people who aren't aware of this, okay. no, that's it. I didn't even notice that. I think that's really interesting because a lot of people have come out and said. How can you react like that to a goal and smash your Well, yeah, he looked, was, like, he looked like your man. He looked then, like he was yeah, blowing really up like a baby, didn't he? But yeah. really, it was, you know, there was obviously a, a bit of onus on Lindelof. So yeah. I, I felt a bit sorry for Pogba, but, you know, he turned it on in the second half and put in a top shift. But he, yeah, and it, it is funny because you said it straight away. That's not his fault. And that was, that was, it was the same thing when he told me. I was really surprised. Yeah. But, um, what do you make of Chelsea in that second half? I think. I think they came, it was quite surprising for them considering how much they dominated that first half. I think maybe complacency brought into it, but I think you've got to give credit to United and how they performed in that second half. I don't think many teams could have, you know, responded better in that situation. So I think they did. I think you've, in that sense, I don't want to look upon Chelsea negatively there, um, but I think it's more focusing on United showing what they're capable of in, that, st- in that point. I still think that United are playing the wrong formation in personally I think that the, the players they've got and they put a good team out on paper every week but I feel that Lukaku's too isolated up top on his own he needs someone around him and then you've got Rashford on the wing who's wasted for me surely you'd play Lukaku and Rashford, Rashford. off him imagine that duo imagine dealing with that middle. duo the pace and strength you'd have to deal with any defender in the Premier League will be shaking in his boots <laughs> yeah knowing that they he was lining up against those two just the raw force and power of Lukaku and then the sharpness and speed and trickery of Rashford that'd be that's a solid partnership you know it's like you look at all the Man United teams of old it's always been striker partnerships who've who've done the job for him it seems and to I think, be yeah you know and you've got Alexis Sanchez as well who's not getting a game at the moment we don't know where he's gone yet he turned it on when he came on against Newcastle the other week so Probably I'd like to see him playing on the wing maybe a Martial on the other and then, you know, you've got Pogba and, you know, any other midfielder where you want to put Herrera, Matic, Matic you know. Th- their obviously problem still is the centre-half issue that they've got. Um, but I think, yeah, that that's one thing I'd change in the United, United cell. Well, what do you make of Lukaku coming out and saying this? With Belgium, I've been playing for 10 years since I was 16. Players know me much more. Here, as in Manu, I still think my teamwork between myself and my teammates can improve and be much better. Is something that we're working on. The players need to know me and know my movement. When that starts clicking, I think the results I have with Belgium will also come here. Well, I saw the um, I saw a meme just on just before we started recording, and it had when he plays for Belgium, he plays like Drogba. When he plays for United, he plays like Heskey. I think it's a bit harsh on Heskey there, but <laughs> it's just there seems to be such a disparity. In quality, He's been at the club for fourteen, fifteen months now. Surely, it would have clicked. It's and it's one of those things. Al, I don't don't know your point, on, your point of view on it. But when you're a professional footballer and you move into a club, making the excuse that you, you're not clicking enough after fourteen, fifteen months, I think that's a bit, it's a bit rich, isn't it? 
Yeah, it is. And it's up to you. Yeah, without a doubt. And maybe he's pulling it down to the fact that the team's not clicking, I don't know, rather than... You just being okay. Was it like a general? Okay. Yeah, possibly. I'm potentially, but still saying it's not clicking. Players need to know me and, I'm, and, and know my movement. Okay. I yeah, know. I found it interesting. I think they should have clicked by now. Surely, he should, I mean, he's only scored four goals in 12 games this season. And at this point last season, he netted 11 goals and was the first player in everybody's fantasy team. But yeah. he's the first player out of everybody's <laughs> fantasy much. team this season. But um, how about how about Jose, lads? Yeah. What, uh, just, it was a... I felt a bit sorry so for him. So Because it was, it was so close to getting that result and it looked like yeah. he pulled off a masterclass. And, yeah. you know, and for Chelsea's... It's assistant. funny, though. Chelsea's assistant to run on and, you know, kind of rub it on, rub it in his face. And, and he's come out and made a public apology. But I know for a fact, from, <laughs> from being in a changing room <laughs> environment, the lads in that Chelsea team would have been absolutely buzzing oh, about the reaction he made that. there in front of Mourinho. You know, like giving him like a lot of praise after the game. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We love that one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it is good banter for, the, for them to have, uh, especially because <laughs> they got one up on United in the end of Mourinho. I think um, what I found most interesting about the whole Mourinho kind of and Marco Yanni, the Chelsea assistant, it was just, I felt it was a bit rich for Mourinho, his celebration. Sorry, not his celebration, rather, the, his reaction to it all. I, I liked it, though. Yeah, but Jose's, in the past, he's slid on knees multiple times in front of managers. He's eye-gouged Tito Villanova, the... Run to um, the corner, fast. Yeah, run to the corner. <laughs> the recently, yeah, he, the Barcelona coach in the Super Cup in 2011, he eye-gouged someone. He is known for his... Mistake. Nonsense. He's nonsense on the sidelines and play acting and things like that. So and what you're I saying is he should he's, he's got a taste of his own medicine. Big time. No, he definitely Cop did. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think the way he reacted, the cameras are on him. I just I don't I didn't like it, and I think it's. Oh, I don't know if I agree with that. I think he reacted like anyone would react in the situation. I think it's a bit rich from him. But do you mean the immediate aftermath of the guy giving it to him? Yeah. So and him getting up and oh, I, don't know, I think he would react. That's just tell him to jog on. You don't have to jump up and yeah, look that's, like that's, it. I just that's incensing someone in their face. Like I, I think which he's done on multiple occasions. Yeah, but no, I think he's he was warranted re- to react immediate, in the immediate aftermath. I liked his reaction in his post match, just saying, "Yeah, don't put this on me." No, no, he was like, "I hope Chelsea don't sack him." Like I've made yeah, mistakes, yeah. and that's where he sort of said, "Yeah, yeah, I've made mistakes. Don't worry uh, about it." Like these things happen. I hope the assistant doesn't lose his job. And, and did you see sort of him when the Chelsea fans were giving it? Giving him plenty after the game, and he's just pointing to the ground, going three giving times, three, giving three Premier League. Mm. Do you reckon there's a lack of respect there, and they should show more towards him? Or is I think it he just, just feels that they should, but you know, it's very new in it. There's always <laughs> circling around him. All right, that's Chelsea and United. That was uh, a big wrap of that game. Lot in it. Um, yeah, I reckon one of the best games of the year. So. So uh, far. So, so far. far. Definitely. We've got so long to go as well. We do. Um, all right, let's go to the best. Team goal of the year. Oh. And for those who follow us on Instagram, would have seen this uh, on our story. Um, and it was a resounding agreement with us, I oh, guess, yeah. that it was potentially the best goal of the year. Uh, Obama Yang's goal, the build up, Ozil's step over. We're going to talk about Arsenal here. Obama Yang's goal, Ozil's step over, the build up. Ozil started it with his flick, his left foot. What did you think? It's so think good. That's t- they've scored two unbelievably good yeah. team goals this season now. I think it was it was akin to the one Wilshere scored a few years ago against, I think it was Norwich when it got goal of the year. And that was just those intricate one-touch passing between, I think it was Ozil, Giroud, and then eventually Wilshere on the edge of the box. It was just a fantastic. But this goal, it it kind of had that that feeling of an old Arsenal. Yeah, and it did. Our, we've discussed Ozil 
a lot in this podcast and for me it was so great to see him take a game by the scruff of the neck and do the job and be that man, be the star man. It was fantastic to watch. One of the best performances I've seen in the Premier League in recent times from an individual. Yeah, he's stepping up and you know, he's um he's coming to life. And he's now the highest scorish highest scorish scoring German, sorry, um, in Premier League history with thirty goals. Taking over goal. from it. Yeah, yeah, that's was it Klinsman who was it before? He was when yes. he was at Spurs. Yeah. Yep. The infamous I remember him scoring and doing the big dives in the corner because the British fans thought he was a bit soft, but it's I think it's great for Ozil. I think he needed this and he's got the captain's armband now and he seems to be seems to be flourishing now after a pretty tumultuous summer for him. And yeah. Arsenal's on. Arsenal's tenth straight win as well. Yeah, seventh in the Premier League in a row. They're looking the business. Yeah, Two points off top, so it's like I said we spoke about it, didn't we? But for me, it's I can't I still not taking Arsenal seriously as title Because the opposition? Yeah, yeah. Th- not not only that, I just don't think that the they can take on the likes of Liverpool and no, City at I, the moment. No, I agree. And 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 that's it. Chelsea are probably the closest to the to those two. Yeah. I still think that it's, it's it's a two-horse race. I completely agree with you, but I do think Arsenal um, are very stable at the moment. Clearly, with their ten wins in a row, they just their team is just playing so well. It's nice to see Aubameyang and Lacazette. We've mentioned it a couple of times now, playing together. Yeah. And playing well together. Going against that whole, you can't have two strikers. Yeah. And yeah. I just think that's awesome. I think Aubameyang, I mean, he's only behind um, Aguero in the fantasy stakes. And, and strikers points. So those FPL players looking for that differential, he's one to consider. But he's epic. I reckon, yeah. uh, I, how far do you reckon they can go this year? What do you reckon is a success from this point, Bryce? I think top four. That has to be just there. Yeah, they have to set set the benchmark at top four this year. I think Get that's quite realistic. Get back in the Champions League where they should be, I feel. And for me, it's another win for the Gunners where most importantly for me is that they found bottle and heart and desire again this season under Emery. Mm. Something that they've been criticised for not having in the past. And I think someone who's pivotal to that is Torreira. Uh, he's a bit of a bit of a bulldog in midfield. The uh, Uruguayan, he's been crucial to that. And I James, think he's just got that ticker to make everything work for them. When we spoke to James Dodd earlier in the year, he he mentioned that actually that when Torreira gets in the team, I think he will change everything. And it seems like their defence has sort of been shorn up by him blocking everything and sort of being that definitely gives him an extra cover for sure. Up. Yeah, 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 yeah. But no, Arsenal doing good things. I'm really surprised by when I am his teeth. Thought he would have had better teeth being <laughs> the man in his position. But anyway, no vampire teeth. No vampire <laughs> teeth. He does look a bit vampirish, a bit Draculaish. But he does. Uh, what's the issue with him? No, you know. Anyway, doesn't matter. Not Let's quite Brendan Rodgers and Jurgen Klopp, <laughs> no, is it? Exactly. <laughs> or Firmino, for Bobby that matter. Firmino, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Let's go to Liverpool because yes. they are one of Europe's most exciting sides. Well, yeah, this is this is what I want to discuss with you boys. Yeah, go on. And they <laughs> had all those injuries. <laughs> <laughs> they had all those injuries, and they sort of bounced back and got that hard-fought, grubby win that they probably needed given their situation. Yeah, they're just kind of synonymous with this attacking flair and everything as they showed last season. But for me, it's been all about the grit and clean sheets. I think they've got six clean sheets from their first nine matches conceded three goals in the first nine games compared to 16 that they conceded at this stage last season. They're, they're showing that they're good defensively, and I feel like that is usually an oxymoron with Liverpool in the past five or so years, and I just think it just goes to show how important Van Dijk and Allison have been as signings, as expensive as they were. And I think Huddersfield were 
good value in this game. Hit the crossbar, sorry, not the crossbar, the post, the uprider, hog with an effort from about 35 yards. Yep. And they had a goal disallowed for offside correctly. But Huddersfield, is, as much as they haven't won a game yet, they showed a lot, a lot in this game. And I think they were unlucky to not get a point in this one. Alex? It's worrying science, though, isn't it, for Huddersfield? Like you... Even when they've got everything and it's been working, they just can't get a goal. Yeah. Score. Yeah. And like, that's generally a tell that a club could be going down. And I think we tipped them before the start of the season. Yeah. That they struggle. And They're on a been, big been goal drought, the poor Terriers. Yeah, yeah, th- yeah, there's no one there who I look at in the team and I can think they can pull them out. And, you know, like we said about Oslo grabbing the game by the scuff of the neck and, you know, getting a goal here and there. There's just You're not hearing anyone for them? No. No, well, I agree with you. I mean, yeah. who who in that Huddersfield team do you think Aaron Moy? You need him to be that engine, but then their their strikers and Munier missed a couple. But is Aaron Moy an engine for a team? Do you think? Well, that's the thing at Premier League level. I mean, that mate, that question marks may still be surrounding that. But do you think him as a player mm. is an end like that engine type player? Because I think it's more he, creative, I isn't think, he? I think he gets built up to be. Yeah, but he's engine. But I think he's more creative rather than breaking down play and really being that anchor. So mm. yeah, I, maybe maybe yeah. I think the problem is they've got as well. That's they've equaled a record now. Um, of I think it's five consecutive home games without scoring a goal. Oh, and deflate. And if your home home form <laughs> is going going for you, you've got no chance. And that's what you've got to rely on if you're in that relegation battle. Is your home form, yeah. and they just don't have that. I know yeah. there's a long way to go, but it's just looking drab for them. Yeah, but going back to Liverpool, I mean, obviously, like Salah's stepped up again. Good to see. What do you think of him scoring? I mean, uh, Mane, Mane wasn't yeah. playing. Yeah, it was. A, it was a good finish. Um, on Firmino, his Firmino was on the bench. Was yeah, it, it was his. It was his non-preferred foot on the right first time finish with a Shakiri assistant Gomez with a really good pass. To open Split, it up. You should open it all up. But yeah. he had a couple. He had one chance on his left foot after. You know, chesting it down that he would have scored nine times out of ten last season. I, just, I still don't think he's there, but it's good to see he's still ticking along and still contributing, getting goals. And if you're in a rut of form and you're still contributing, I think, I mean, he's still very valuable for them. But I still think he'll, he'll, he's there's some time until he's what he was last year. Well, he scored four goals in nine appearances in the league this that, year. That's not bad, is it? I think he just there's such a high expectation of him and has to be prolific. He scored, he scored four goals this season in 12 appearances altogether. Yeah, I thought it was five. Yeah, right. I, I, we said it the other, well, I think it was last month and the fact that Liverpool are just clicking. It might, it might be five. Clicking better, do you know what I mean? And the the players around Salah are, are stepping up even more and not, not that I'm saying they've caught him up in a sense, they're just, you know, they're, they're providing goals and assists themselves, which last year there was a lack of, in a sense. Yeah, and I think Salah is, he's one of those players that when he first came to the club, he kind of went through this stretch of not scoring as prolifically as he wanted to, and then he kind of hit his straps in that December, January, February period. So, I mean, who knows, he could return to that, but it's 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 hard to look that far ahead when you've got all this expectation considering last season. I think if he scores... I mean, he scored 32 league goals last season. If he got 20 goals this year, it'd be good. Oh, yeah, big time. Mm. Yeah, They've got, was it Red Star Belgrade next yes. tonight? Yep. yep. And was it Barcelona put six or five or six past them? Yeah, PSG put six PSG, past them. PSG, sorry, yeah, that's yeah. right, yeah. Um, so, you know, that's you might get a few tonight. Yeah, fingers crossed, touch wood. Um, but it's just, I think this is a game where we haven't been scoring a lot. I think this is where a game, an opportunity to get the mojo back in an attacking yeah. sense. Yeah, good what's, opportunity um, for what's, what's going on with Alexander-Arnold? 
Yeah, he's not. He's not Mate, even, he's been dropped, hasn't he? Yeah, I got him in my fantasy team, and it was his birthday, and he got dropped against City. So he's not played I, the last two games. I has he? don't know what's got. Maybe it's just suit opposition. Played, who's he played in that instead? Gomez has played on the right because he's been playing Van Dijk and Lovren centrally, and then that's right, Robertson that on the sense. left. But so I think I think well, because well, so Van Dijk's clearly going to start every week, but then Lovren seems like he's going to start every game as well. And then I think the right back's still a rotation sort yeah. of position for Liverpool. Robertson's clearly the starting left back in all matches, I would say. And Gomez is an England international centre back. I mean, they're both internationals, but Gomez has really shown a lot of maturity, and I think he's still a better defender than Trent Alexander Arnold. And I think it's a tactical move because against the sides that we played earlier on in the season, we were able to have both fullbacks bomb up. Yeah. But then when you're playing against teams like Manchester City, Chelsea, and then you've got Huddersfield away you're going to have to be more defensively minded. So maybe that's the thinking behind Klopp's decision to have Alexander-Arnold on the bench and have uh, Gomez on the right. That's my thinking anyway. There you go. There you go. Exactly right. <laughs> um, Jürgen Klopp, take note. Uh, Liverpool, look, they got a good good solid win, I would say, on the weekend, in the, given the circumstances. One of those games yeah. that in past times we would have dropped, got a crap yeah. draw, conceded late and lost, so... They're those games that are so important in a title race. Absolutely. All right. What do you reckon about Man City? They Ugh. Pep said they Manchester City had, what's he said? Sorry. Our performance was the best first half performance we have played in the last three seasons. This is the Champions League, yeah? This is the Champions yeah. League game. But what do you think about um, Pep and obviously they're scoring so many goals? What's, what's his deal with dropping Sterling? <laughs> oh, it's just, mate, him in fantasy is just killing me. Mm. Um Sterling's been on flames for club and country. So, I mean, it's it's a difficult job. Obviously, he knows what he's doing with rotations and that score. They've got so much talent. What do you, ma- what do you make of his comments? This is like going back to the Champions League. Yeah. What, do you, what do you make of his comments saying that City don't have the ticker to win the Champions League? Because he came out and said that publicly. He I said he still doesn't think that they believe enough as a club to win the league. Um, yeah, give us your initial thoughts and I'll get the quote up. They've not really got close, have they? I no. think that's probably... So there is that doubt that they can go all the way and I think they need a, maybe a semi-final or a final to you know, to really put the stamp on that on I, that tournament. I think um, they've been widely criticised for their shortcomings in the past few years in, in Europe, in the yeah. Champions League. And I think... But I feel... I don't know. i got a feeling this year that this could... I Don't think say it. Don't say it, Bryce. I will, mate. I think they're real contenders. Not a chance. For the Champions League this year, especially when they're in the form they have been with a non-fully fit Kevin De Bruyne who's just coming back now. So yeah. I think they're, uh, as they are in the league, a very scary prospect. And then you've got the added dimension now of Mares getting goals in the league when they beat Burnley 5-0 on the weekend. And then... And then you've got, and then you've got Bernardo Silva, who last season struggled for game time a bit, mm. kind of getting you know introduced to Start, the squad. Starting wise, yeah, and he's he's killing it. He's making, mm. and even when he comes off the bench like he did against Shakhtar, scores. Yeah, he's just got an impact. They've just got so many levels of quality. Yeah, that I think that they can do it, and they've got the depth this season. So I think they're real contenders. Really, for me, Laporte and Edison are the only two in the team. Maybe Aguero as well. Or you'd probably say solidified the spot in the team because <laughs> yeah. everyone else just seems to be in and out imagine but, those training sessions but for me that's what's so frightening about Manchester City the fact that it doesn't matter who comes in they still do it week in week out it doesn't matter yeah Laporte's Every- not there got company but I'm saying like everyone who's come in yeah. has added to the team and added to games and put in performances so they they're getting coached in a way where everyone knows their role whether they're in the team or whether they're out the team, because I think they know that 
at some point they will get an opportunity and he's probably well I don't know whether he has but you know he's probably made everyone aware of that that you're not going to play every game you know this is how it's going to be you're going to be in and out some players do you know what I mean and so because the best thing being about being a footballer is and the thing you like most is being told the truth yeah and a manager who's honest with you because it's a lot easier even though it hurts at the time maybe being told you're not in the team for whatever reason in the long run it has a better effect rather than questioning why you weren't playing or do you know what I mean? And I feel like Guardiola comes across as if he doesn't want to play someone. He just be tells him. Definitely. And he's direct be, about it. And, it's and one there'll of those be a reason he, for yeah, it. Yeah, like if he, if a coach sits you down and tells you the reasons why, how you can improve and get back in sport, he's like, make your hands up. Logic, perfect. No worries, I'll crack on and get going. But as soon as they leave you in the dark and don't tell you what's going on, it just, you start questioning mm. everything. You question them. You question team. It's just, it's a toxic, but I just think he's got the balance perfectly. And, with and City. that's what I'm saying. That could have an effect then. If he does leave them in the dark when they are coming on, that they're under, that they're not performing because there is that doubt, that there are those clouds in the players' heads, it's his biggest which has a massive effect. Yeah, and I think obviously the way the team are playing, everyone who's playing <laughs> is playing well. Hard for hard hard fought to find reasons to drop people. Yeah, this is what he said. We have to be pushed by everyone. This is in regards to winning the Champions League. We have to be pushed by everyone surrounding Man, just a city that we have to win it. And we still don't have that feeling from the fans. I feel we're Oof. a really good team, but you still need something special to win the Champions League, and I still don't feel it. But every year we'll get closer, and sooner or later it's going to happen. Uh, his final comment is, we will put every effort into this season to win the Champions League, but to win this competition, desire is not enough. And I saw last season, as I saw last season, uh, and in this season, in many ways, this club is still not ready to win it. We still don't have enough experience in certain areas. That's what I feel, but it doesn't mean we're not going to try. Wow. Question on my lips at the moment. Just, just sorry to <laughs> divert the conversation, but Joe Hart is his time up in the starting eleven. Five goals against Man City is that enough to drop him? I mean, I, I don't think so. I think I listened to Tom Heaton on yeah. Five Live last week, and he was saying that you know he might potentially have to look elsewhere in January and have the conversation with Sean yeah. Dyche about moving because of the personnel like we spoke about in the first couple of epo- episodes didn't we about Joe Hart yeah, but yeah. you know they've got such he's got such a dilemma I feel <laughs> on his hands there with those keepers because he's got three like internationals exceptional players yeah. so Burnley shipped five and Joe Hart conceded five against City in the Premier League last weekend correct? yes yeah. it, but it was a lot of them were bangers they, a lot of them might, be, might have been bangers but Burnley have been in terrible form for quite a while now Al what's their last five results? Um. Yeah, the results haven't been great. They lost 3-1 to Watford, um, 4-2 to Fulham. Um, they got a win against Cardiff, um, you know, but they... Shipping goals. Yeah, they have been doing every now and then. Yeah, it's not been great. They lost to Burnley as well. Uh, sorry, not to Burnley, to Wolves, 1-0. You know... It's not the Burnley of last season. We've it mentioned that a couple no. of times. No, yeah, they've been... We spoke about this, didn't we, that the Europa League might have had an effect early on, but now they're out of that competition, you thought maybe they would have tightened up a little, but it just doesn't seem to have clicked. Joe Hart might be getting dropped. Uh, Heaton wants to play. We'll have to see what happens there. Newcastle could do with another keeper, and I'm being biased here, but we're going to put put the heat on them this week because Ooh. they are rock bottom. 
suppose when it comes to winning Mars, we'll just not quite have it. They're playing with 10 half the time with Mesut Ozil in their team. The worst thing you can ever be thrown at your own team or think of them is being bullied and being weak. Maybe that's, that's as good as it gets for them. It's not getting any better. I'd say that a lot after this segment, but it really isn't for this club. Who are we here? Um, oh. <laughs> look, I'm going to let you have... You give me your assessment, Bryce, first before we get to mine. Yeah. Look, for me, Benitez is an exceptional manage, manager with an exceptional record, but I think this time he's bitten off more than he can chew, and that's maybe no fault of his own because of the transfer, or the lack of transfers they had and lack of funding from Mike Ashley, but at some stage, as we said earlier on in the series, that it comes to a point where, like, all right, mate, you don't have the players, you've got to crack on and make the most of what you've got, but the biggest thing for me is lack of goals for Newcastle. Hostler is not going to keep you away from relegation, is he? Can't score. And Rondon, what, what, Where is what's, he? His, what's his purpose? What has he done? Like, why was he bought? Injured now. Uh, in and out of the just team. Just a shocker. Muto? Huh? Muto? He played Muto. He's playing Muto and Perez, who's the starting strikers. No, Doesn't feel with confidence, does it? No height. I think his tactics are... Pace. Strange. He's playing long balls into the box all the time, specifically from the left wing, or that was on the weekend... I mean, we had chances. Kennedy did it, did this Rabona shot in oh, the dear. worst oh, situation dear. in the game. There's just <laughs> many, many things going on at the moment that um, aren't good. And my dad, my dad thinks that the writing's on the wall. Yeah, think it's he has to go, Rafa. I don't think he has to go, but it just then comes down to if we, if Newcastle don't buy in January, the classic thing to say. But seriously, if they don't buy in January, they are they are as bad as I've seen them recently. They're playing terrible. It's the, it's the longest trip in the Premier League. Brighton to Newcastle. You, you've yeah, you'd be, think you'd have a real big... You'd have a psychological yeah. edge. I know they probably fly and they stay in a bloody five-star hotel and what have you, but, you know, it's still that would have that effect. mental edge there for Newcastle and you'd like to think that would get them over the line. And now Newcastle have got to go down to the south coast next week and play Southampton. And I just can't see them getting a win anywhere, Stuart, to be honest with you. That'll be a huge game. I think, in terms of the relegation battle, Southampton have been struggling. And Mark Hughes said after they got a point in a nil-nil draw with Bournemouth away, that it was it was a statement. So that goes to show where they're at right now, the Saints. So I think the Newcastle, the result between Newcastle and Southampton this weekend will be it'll be a a telling result, I'd say, at this stage of the season. Mark Hughes said it was a statement. They got a yeah, point. They got a point at the Vitality against Bournemouth. Says so it all. yeah, says it all exactly. He's not usually the most chipper and most positive manager in the Premier League, but even for Mark Hughes, saying that I think is a bit, yeah, quite alarming. For yeah, for their situation. The coasters. Yeah. yeah. It's going great for Brighton, though, isn't it? Oh, yeah, but hasn't um, Glenn Murray picked up an injury? Yeah, Glenn Murray got knocked out in yeah. very harsh circumstances on the weekend, one of those collisions that make you turn away from the screen. Yeah. He's um, been fantastic. But they're, this up, they're up on 11 points now, Brighton. They're flying 11 points from nine games. They're looking. Pretty handy this Looking year. Looking all right. Mid table. That's why you probably you'd like to think they'd expect to sit. You know, they'd be happy with that. I think. Brian yeah. Fans at the end of the season, if it was that mid table. Definitely. Newcastle. Yeah, they're in disarray completely. Perez and Muto. I don't think are an attacking combo. If you're going to play, I'd be dropping Perez. Yeah. Yeah, he's been playing all season, scoring no goals. I'd be playing Hostelu and Muto's got a bit about him. He's a bit busy and you know will really chase and chase and chase. Hostelu can't shoot. <laughs> And he was just epi- not epitomised by his um, sliced shot in the second half. But, no, it's 
bordering uh, its side diet at the moment, and I'm worried. But anyway, we'll leave it there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Any final words, boys? Just like to give a a quick shout out to a friend of the show, Stephen Cornelio, who was at the uh, United Juventus game, and of course his mate Dybala scored a goal, so did his celebration. So hope he enjoyed that. Although he wasn't a half scarf. Not a huge fan of that, but we'll, we'll, we'll allow this one. We'll allow it. What do you think of Ronaldo going back to Old Trafford last night as, yeah, a, as like a United fan? They were singing his name after the after the game. He's got old, man. He's uh, yeah, Mark running the boy back. He was fantastic at Man United. One of one of everything, and you know what we'd give to have a player like him back in the squad at the moment. Would yeah. he change it all though? Would a player of that quality change it? Have you seen Paul Scholes' comments? Even if we had Messi in this United team, it wouldn't make a difference. Yeah, because we need a centre-half. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah Scholes, come on. Lindelof had his best game of the season he was, last night. I thought night. he was very good. I thought he was very good. Lost um, 1-0. I know. But he was very good, Tossing I thought. Tossing straws all United, aren't they? You've got to take some positives, don't you? Anyway, that has been us here for episode 12 of this season for the Shooting Zars podcast thank you Bryce now cheers follow us on Twitter and Instagram if you haven't already and subscribe to us on iTunes we'll be back next week here comes Alan Shearer it's Shearer for you go away he brought that down it was fabulous 